Good morning, and welcome to New York Sports and Beyond on 98.7 ESPN, where our goal every Sunday is to entertain, enlighten, and expose you to information that can lead to positive change in your life. I'm Larry Hardesty. This morning, I want to introduce you to Jenny Rosado and the great work she and her staff are doing at David's Touch Foundation in Woodbridge, New Jersey. This is the 10th year of the foundation, and their toy drive is quickly approaching. We'll give you more info on both and how you can help. So, as we always suggest, be prepared to take down some valuable information you'll hear on the show this morning. And we thank you for allowing us to be a part of your Sunday, whether you're just coming in or preparing to go out for an early breakfast or sunrise service at your house of worship. We'll begin this edition of New York Sports and Beyond after this time out on 98.7 ESPN. Welcome back to New York Sports and Beyond on 98.7 ESPN. I'm Larry Hardesty. Jenny Rosado is the president and co-founder of David's Touch and is the proud mother of two boys, David and Noah. Now, throughout Jenny's childhood, she's been involved in numerous activities, not limited to ballet, cheerleading, and gymnastics, but in her childhood, she's never lost her inner child and remains active in all aspects of her life. Beside being a full-time mom, she's a dedicated, caring wife, a full-time employee at Rutgers, the State University of New Jersey, and serves as the commissioner of the Woodbridge Township Housing Authority, and is a fully devoted volunteer as heart-to-heart mentor in the pediatric cardiology unit at Mount Sinai's Children's Kravitz Hospital in New York City. Plus, she's running David's Touch Foundation. Wow. Jenny's energy and desire to help those around who need it most comes out from David's inspiration. And it's her mission to perpetuate his light as far as it will go. Join me in welcoming Jenny Rosado to New York Sports and Beyond. Hi, Jenny. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thank you for giving us a couple of minutes this Sunday morning. Thanks so much for having me. Jenny, tell me about your son, David. David is amazing. There's not enough words to describe how amazing this little boy is. Um, he's just a, a full of life. You know, it's, it's sad to say that he's no longer here with us on earth, but I'll tell you what, I carry with him with me in my heart, and he just gives me so much energy to do what we do with his foundation. Tell me about his smile, because when people talk about David, that's what they tell me about, his smile. Oh, so contagious. I've never (laughs) met anyone with a smile as bright as his. It's just, it was amazing. He would light up a room. He would, the darkest days that I've had, um, he just made bright. Now, just to bring the rest of the audience in, David was uh, Jenny's son. And her and her husband and folks got together and put together David's Touch Foundation. So, Jenny, let's start from the beginning. What happened to David? Why did we lose him so young? David was born with hypoplastic left heart syndrome. That's actually uh, born with half a heart. So he had a 60% chance of survival when he was born. And um, he underwent multiple open heart surgeries, actually three by the time he was two and a half. And uh, one day on a regular visit to the cardiologist, well, what what I can say, what I thought was a regular visit, um, I was told that there was no way David was going to be able to leave that hospital because his heart was literally deteriorating inside of him. So we had to stay in the hospital and put him on a transplant list. And lo and behold, he received the heart transplant by the time he was three. And, I mean, he was doing miraculous. You would have never known. He was running around. He went to school. He was in sports. And, again, that smile was what just kept all of us in my family going. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Unfortunately, one day he was uh, eight years old and it was time for him to get ready for school. And I just, I don't know, I, I believe in this mother's intuition. He woke mm. up that morning and just did not look well to me. That smile wasn't there. He just didn't look good. His energy wasn't there. And right away, I took him to the doctors and we were told that he was diagnosed with lymphoma at eight years old. So, Jenny, um, let's go back a little bit. And I know this is difficult for you, but... Um, through what you're going through, there's so many other parents who are going through a similar situation, which is why the foundation is so good and, and is and is so so you know efficient and effective in what you guys are working out. Um, the the roller coaster of emotions. Okay, how tough is it for to think that you would find a heart donor that matches your son? So once you hear that, you have to be like, you know what, we're okay. <laughs> we're going to beat this. We, we, we're okay. So take us through that, that emotional high right there. What was that like? That's exactly what I thought. I felt like all my answers were prayered. We got mm. a phone call around 4 o'clock in the afternoon saying that a heart was a match for David. And by midnight, he was in the OR getting this new heart. Surgery, obviously, as you can imagine, was all night. Um, I was able to see him the next morning around 10 a.m. And I'll tell you that his color, he was so rosy. He just looked phenomenal. He looked great. And, and I thought right there that all of our prayers were answered. Mm-hmm. It's very tough, very difficult. Yeah, of course. And then now he's in the hospital. You take him to the hospital, and, and what do you find? Yeah, we take him to the hospital, and he was eight years old. And um, as I suspected, something was not right, and his blood count came back extremely low, and he was diagnosed with lymphoma. So for the last year of his life, he underwent a lot of treatment. And, and I'll tell you, throughout that year, he still had that energy, that energy. I don't know where he was getting it from, but he went through all this treatment like a champ. Never saw him sweat. When I would cry and get down and out, he would tell me, Mommy, it's going to be okay. This is going to be fine. We're going to be okay. But he really fought for the last year of his life. A special young man. Very. We're talking to Jenny Rosado. She is... Uh president of David's Touch Foundation out of Woodbridge, New Jersey. You're listening to New York Sports and Beyond here on 98.7 ESPN. I'm Larry Hardesty. Jenny, when did you decide that a foundation was the best way to continue David's memory and reach out to others who have suffered a similar situation? Exactly 10 years ago. I was sitting wow. at the table with my husband and I said to him, I really got to do something to keep David's memory alive. My fear in losing David was that I would forget him or my family would forget him and I'm on a mission to make sure that no one forgets him. So it started 10 years ago and my husband and I said, you know, what is it that David loved? And he loved getting gifts. He loved to open gifts whether they were for him or if they weren't. <laughs> so that's one thing that we could always remember. We said we have to bring that to the hospital. We have to bring that to these kids that are enduring the situations that he did. And that was the genesis of the 10th, now the 10th annual toy drive benefit that's going to take place in Woodbridge Township in New Jersey, correct? Correct. So our benefit night is going to be on December 15th at Curtin's Bar and Restaurant in Avenel, New Jersey. And we are encouraging all the patrons to come in and donate a toy and they will be, uh, 
collecting toys, and we're hoping to surpass our goal of 3,000 toys that night. So we'll be at Curtin's Restaurant on December 15, between 6 to 10 p.m., collecting toys. We're going to have uh, guest speakers. The Woodbridge Township Mayor is going to be our Master of Ceremonies, and we also are going to have a motivational speaker, um, Eric Legrand from Rutgers. Oh, okay. so we're excited uh-huh. about wow. that. Yes. Yes. He's the, he does a phenomenal job. He yes. really does. He's excellent. He's excellent. <laughs> we're excited to meet him. Yeah, definitely. You, you, Jenny, you will be, you will not be disappointed. I can tell you that. You oh, will that's not be wonderful. Disappointed. I, um, tell me about now as you go through the foundation, how do you get something like that started, Jenny? How do you, from, from, from the table with you and your husband saying, this is what we want to do to now 10 years later, gosh, you've got some stories, don't you? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> These past 10 years have been very busy. <laughs> it just, uh, like I said, started from the kitchen table out of the trunk of our own personal car, delivering mm-hmm. as many toys as we could. Mm-hmm. I got the word out to local police departments. Uh, Woodbridge Township has been amazing with us. The Perth Amboy Police Department, Linden Police Department, we have Rutgers that supports us, and the New Jersey State Police. And it's just, David's story is so impactful that he, it's, it's amazing how so many others want to come and support this cause. It's like he's here, but he's not here. It's, it's just a phenomenal feeling. Now, Jenny, how did you go about reaching out to so many different sponsors that you've gotten, and how did that first start? Obviously, you've gotten many more, and you can use even more. We understand that. Absolutely. But how did you get started with just one? How did you reach out to the one or two sponsors? Take us through that, that experience with you and your husband. You know, there's times that I can't even recall how we got here. (laughs) It's grown so much. And like I said, it's just reaching out to one or two people. And those folks just really believe in our mission and what we're trying to do. And they start to reach out to, you know, help as well. So it's, it's a collective effort. Everyone has really reached out to us and always asking how they can help. Now, tell me about Rick, your vice president. Oh, my husband, Rick, he's amazing. Mm -hmm. This really, really was his idea. He said, you know what, let's do this. So the first year we went and donated toys, like I said, from our vehicle, we spent maybe about $150 at Toys R Us picking out Mm -hmm. some toys. Um, And we delivered them to Mount Sinai in New York, where David received his heart transplant. And on the ride back, sitting in that New York traffic, my husband looks over at me and says to me, you know, you can really do something with this. And at that time, we didn't have a foundation name that wasn't even a thought And he said to me, think about it, but I think you can really make this work and keep David's legacy alive just like this. And it was it was his doing that pushed me to, you know, get this far. Now, he's a guy that uh, you you can talk you can talk about him better than I can, obviously. (laughs) But he's a guy who seems to be involved with kids, you know, to his football coach and just what he does in law enforcement. He seems to be somebody that's willing to reach out and reach back into the young people. And, Jenny, that's important because. When you look in the media, we don't always see law enforcement in a positive light in relating to our our kids. So the fact that he's doing that, it's, it's a good thing. It's amazing. He just has this this knack to just, you know, talk to children and relate to them, and they really open up to him. So he's just such a beneficial piece to this foundation. He's done a great job. There's no yes. question about it. Okay, now tell me about his brother, Noah. 
Oh, Noah is 19 now. Wow. <laughs> He's in school, and he has been one of our biggest supporters. From the time that we started this, he would go to every classroom in his school and talk about the foundation and speak about his big brother, David, and how important it was to give back to Christmas, you know, give back Christmas to those who couldn't have it at home. And, and he was our biggest, biggest, going to every classroom collecting toys. <laughs> So it's it's really been a, a family uh, a family endeavor, right, to get Absolutely. this thing going. Oh yeah, my parents have been amazing. I mean, my parents are retired, but they're not in a sense. They are all year round running around collecting toys for us, doing drop offs, doing pickups. They we have them working nonstop. <laughs> when we return, Jenny shares how she dealt with the loss of her son, even though there was a roller coaster of emotion because she thought he would be okay. We'll explain next on 98.7 ESPN. Remember, later this morning at 8 o'clock, Chris Canty and the Indian Marks will prepare you for your football game day. They'll have the latest fantasy points, the matchups. They'll analyze today's biggest games right here on 98.7 ESPN. Thanks for stopping by New York Sports and Beyond here on 98.7. Let's continue my discussion with Jenny Rosado, president of David's Touch Foundation. Jenny, let, let's go back to David and his, uh, his, his health situation. Now, was the lymphoma... Was it related to his issue with his heart or this was something separate? It was something separate, but it was very difficult to manage the two. The -hmm. medication for his heart really was contradicting with the medication that was supposed to be helping the lymphoma. So it was just like a seesaw. Just every day was up and down. We just couldn't get those levels to cooperate with each other. Mm -hmm. Now, when he went into a coma, take us through that period because that obviously had to be... I mean, as scary as anything could be for you. Mm-hmm. It was extremely scary. It was a week before he passed, and mm-hmm. it was just difficult to see him like that. But, you know, mm-hmm. anyone who knew David knew that he had a voice. He had a presence. He, you knew that he was there. And to see him lifeless for a week was is extremely difficult. It was so difficult. I, I, in a sense, felt that we lost him before we actually did. Jenny, after... Um, you lost David. How were you able, you and your husband, how were you guys able to try to carry on, try to put your life back together? Were you able to speak to other people? Was it a, a situation where you spoke to a group of folks? How were you able to, and I'm asking you this for people who are suffering loss of their, their children, and which is an unbelievable tragedy. How did you guys be able to live again? I guess is the best way to put it. Yes. Well, again, the uh, faith that I have in God has really sustained me. And the strength that I receive from my family has been undoubtedly what keeps me, you know, going today. Um, But certainly we have reached out to other folks who have been through such tragedies as we have. And it's been a help, you know. There's so many resources out there that you can, um, you know, reach out and just speak to someone. At the moment when you're going through this, you always feel like you're the only one. But there are folks out there. I actually serve as a heart-to-heart mentor right now for the Mount Sinai Children's Hospital, and Uh they, you know, match me up with families who either have gone through something like this or are actively going through this, and and it feels great to be able to, you know, speak with these parents who feel hopeless. They really feel hopeless. Jenny, what's the best, wow, what's the best way as you go through this and navigate and work with the other parents and other kids? What are some of the what are some of the physical and mental 
anguish and situations that young people are going through just from your experience? Because you know what? We, we look back and sometimes we look at young people and we're like, oh, boy, I wish I was young again and that they got life so easy. But everybody, it's not easy for everybody, Jenny. What, just share with us some of the experiences of the relationships that you have bonded with parents who have, who are struggling with their, their young ones who are going through, uh, you know, physical struggles and also who have had the devastation of losing a, a, a child. Yes, well, I strongly believe that everyone you encounter has a story. It may not be the same, but everyone does have a story. And it's just been so important, I feel, for me to give back. And meeting these parents and feeling like I have done or made a difference for them or have enlightened them in some way, I really feel that I'm I'm helping them in a sense, but they are also helping me. So it's a win-win because being able to speak about David and what I went through and what he went through, it's uh, therapy. It's very therapeutic to be able to speak to others about it. And what are some of the stories that the, the, the parents have shared with you? Um, I, I often get stories of parents who are unsure, they feel that maybe, you know, they're at a point where they're not sure if their child should receive a transplant or Mm. if they should go forward with having open heart surgery. So Mm. obviously those are not answers that I can provide, but I can give them some insight on how, what I went through with David. Um, You know, I have been in contact with parents who have recently lost their child. So I'm helping them to cope with this and, and, you know, be part of a bereavement group. So there are many stages of of this, but, you know, it's it's difficult. Any way you look at it, it's so difficult. Jenny, uh, and we're talking with Jenny Rosado. She's the president of David's Touch Foundation. Her and the husband and family members have put this together to commemorate the memory of uh, her son, nine-year-old David, who was uh, taken away from us too soon, diagnosed with congenital heart disease, but he ended up losing his life at the age of nine because of lymphoma. You're listening to New York Sports and Beyond here on 98.7 ESPN. If you just joined us, there is a uh, a 10th annual toy drive benefit that's happening we'll give you the information where you can to benefit toys and, and be part of that evening we'll do that in just a second uh, jenny just the challenges of parents um going through that decision of as you mentioned what do i do do i do i continue because you don't want to see anyone in your family suffer especially a child Absolutely. So just just that that conversation, Jenny, as as you, you know, as you're talking and sharing what you went through, it's amazing. As you said earlier, you find find out not only that you're not alone, but Jenny, there's some situations that's even worse than yours, even though at the moment you couldn't believe it was worse. It's so true. There There isn't a worse feeling than to see your child and not be able to help them. That I struggled with that a lot when David was in the hospital. You know, I'm, I'm a go-getter. I love to be on top of everything. I want to be the person to do it all. And being in that room and not being able to do any of that was so difficult. It was extremely difficult. Yeah. Frustrating. Very frustrating. Helpless. Mm-hmm. It's a tough thing. Now, Jenny, let's, let's put David's Touch Foundation aside for a little bit because you have to be able to do something else to get away from that for a moment to, you know, kind of be okay and go through the other parts of your life. So what do you do otherwise when you're not in, in the 22 hours that you're doing David's <laughs> Touch Foundation? What are you doing in the other two? <laughs> well, believe it or not, I'm a mom. My son Noah keeps me very active. Mm-hmm. I'm a wife and I also work full time for Rutgers University. Um, and I also serve as commissioner for the Woodbridge Township Housing Authority. So wow. pretty busy. <laughs> yeah, you definitely are. Um, Jenny, what was the effect to Noah on David's law? 
Noah was four years old when we lost David, and um, he can recall. There's times that he'll say stories to me that I am flabbergasted because I can't believe that he would even remember such. But um, what I love is that he remembers David for being very loving, very mm-hmm. giving, smiling, happy, and those are the memories that he has of him. And nothing could give me more joy than to know that. And um, through that, it lets you know just how much even more of an impact David had, huh? Absolutely. I'm telling you, there's things that happen to me on a day-to-day basis where I I feel extremely blessed, but I also feel that David had something to do with it. (laughs) Yeah, there's no question about it. He Mm -hmm. he left a lasting legacy. He he really did. He really did. Yes. Next on New York Sports and Beyond, we'll explore how David's Touch Foundation is reaching out to kids of all ages. That's next on 98.7 ESPN. Let's talk a little bit now about the single, the, the, the mom routine that you're doing. Now, what's, how does, how, I mean, you're balancing a lot, Jenny. Give, give us some, <laughs> give us some tips on, on time management because we all could use that, especially as we're going into the new year. We want to make sure that we turn some things around and get some more things done. I mean, with everything you're doing this time, you should hold a course in time management while you're down there at Rutgers. <laughs> For certain. Checklist. I run my life by list. Everything is a list. I have an itinerary for it all. Calendar on the fridge, the whole nine. (laughs) Well, that's how you have to do it. There's no question about it. Next on New York Sports and Beyond, we'll explore how David's Touch Foundation is reaching out to kids of all ages. That's next on 98.7 ESPN. A little later tonight, we'll join you on the drive. We'll recap the day in the National Football League with the Jets and Giants, and we'll touch on some local baseball and football as well. That's the drive here on 98.7 ESPN. Right now, let's wrap up our conversation with Jenny Rosado, president of David's Touch Foundation. Now, Jenny, let's go back and talk about this toy drive. It's the 10th annual toy drive, and it's going to take place December 15th. But is there a place where people can drop toys off before then? Yes, actually, Curtains, where the venue where we're having the event, they have their doors open, and you can drop off toys there. We also have a list of toy collection um, locations on our Facebook page, and that's David's Touch on Facebook. You could also like us on Instagram and Twitter. All right, and we'll get the address again for Curtains and, and the information one more time uh, before we, we finish our, our chat today. Take us through the visit. When you deliver these toys to these kids in the various hospitals, Jenny, it's take us there amazing. with you. What's it like? Oh, it's the best time. That's my favorite, favorite time of the year is just delivering these toys. Um, so we are escorted by several, several law enforcement departments. Oh, and nice. we visit about 11 hospitals in one day. And wow. we are able to meet the children. We're able to play with them, take pictures. We have Santa with us. And mm. I'm telling you that these children, I don't know what it is about law enforcement, but they love to see the men and women in blue. Mm-hmm, <laughs> so mm-hmm. we make their day. And it's just a really nice sight to see these kids smiling. And just even for a minute, if we can, you know, have this time with them to show them that, you know, we're there and we care for them and we just want to brighten their day. It's a, it's really an amazing feeling to give back. And they, uh, listen, everybody likes a gift, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially at Christmas when you're not yeah. expecting it. That's right. Because you're not expecting it. That's what makes it even, that's what makes it so much better. 
Exactly, exactly. That smile on their face, it's just, it's really an amazing time. I can recall last year we visited a young boy who's probably about nine years old, Mm -hmm. and he was sitting on his bed and just not really, just didn't even want to interact with anyone. I asked his mom if it was okay if I went in and spoke with him, and she said, you can try. He hasn't eaten in days. He doesn't want to speak to anyone. Mm -hmm. And we went in there with Santa and a few of the officers, and when I tell you, he did not want us to leave. We sat there and had lunch with him, made sure that he ate, we played with toys, we played board games, and leaving there that day filled my heart. It really filled my heart. Wow. You know, Jenny, it it also kind of makes you look at David in a different way, because as you mentioned earlier, while he was going through his struggles, he was strong, he was inviting, he was still smiling, he was, you know, hanging in there, he was was living life. And unfortunately, Oh, every kid's not like that. It gets mm-hmm. them down. They're miserable that they're sick. They don't want to be sick. They're, they're depressed. They're upset. They're angry. They're trying to figure out why me. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I guess that even made you think about your son even in a different light. Absolutely. He, David was really an old soul. There was just mm. something about him that I can't put my finger on, but there were times that he would ask for me to leave the room when the nurses came in. And, and I'd say to him, David, why do you want me to leave? And he says, it's not me. The nurses are saying you can't be in here. But once he passed, the nurse did tell me that she wanted to let me know that David did not want me to see him suffer. So he would ask for them to say I had to leave the room while he took his medication or got an injection or whatever it was. He did not want me to see that. So, Jenny, as you look back, um, how, how, not that it's easy, so I'm trying to measure my words. Mm-hmm. It's not easy to lose him, but was it um, not as tough? because of how he was during that time. In other words, because he was still lively, because he was, you know, still himself, because he was still David, did it did it take the mask the pain temporarily is what I'm trying to say. You you, you see what I, I'm getting at? I think at? you're right. Yeah, you're on the money, Larry, because as I do feel like that. I do feel like God gave him to me for a certain amount of time and asked me to take care of him, and I did the very best I could. And um, he he was just amazing, and he will forever live on in my heart. I have so many great memories with David. It's amazing. And like I said, from knowing that he only had a 16% chance of survival and he was with us for nine years, that in itself gives me so much solace. And I'm, I'm just so grateful. I'm just so thankful that God chose me to be his mom. Yeah, absolutely. And the reason why I asked you that question is because as I hear, I hear how you're dealing with it as, because you start the foundation as a coping mechanism and also to help you remember him, but also to share his memory. So in doing that, now as you reach out to other parents in your conversations, obviously you're seeing that they're struggling with this because their kids are not taking that pressure off of them, Jenny. They're going through that. They're they're carrying that illness with them and the parents in that frustration, not that you don't have it, but it wasn't, you know, it was masked a little bit because he was dealing with it. He, he was like, you know, I'm cool. I'll be all right with this. I'm worried about you all. (laughs) I know. I felt like he was like my little protector. Always, (laughs) always making sure that I was okay when it should have been the other way around. Yeah. Now, Jenny, you're kind of an athlete. I found out about you. I, I, I did, you know, I found out about some things that you were doing. Tell me about, tell me about your gymnastics and did you pass that gymnastics uh, skill on to uh, your kids? 
I don't know. All the tumbling they did in the house, probably so. But, yeah, I had a good uh, childhood all the way up to my early teens. Um, I'm very active. I love being involved in all types of sports. And, and you know, it's not only a guy thing. I, I get in there. <laughs> yeah, I, I, can, I can tell. I can tell. Take me through your gymnastics experience. Come on, let's talk about you for a second, Jenny. Tell, tell me about oh, God. your life in gymnastics. I just, like I said, I love being very active. I love making new friends. And I felt like gymnastics was an outlet for me. It was sort of me being on that stage and just having fun. Mm-hmm. You know, everything to me is about having a good time. So mm-hmm. it was just a, a really good time. I, I also did ballet and jazz. Oh, tell me and, about ballet. How yeah, did ballet, oh, huh? ballet is amazing. Oh, it's amazing. You know, there's times I often look back and say, I need some me time. And I mm-hmm. may try and go back to that. So we'll see what really? happens. <laughs> in part of the one in, as part of the two hours you have left over from the foundation yeah, right? yeah i'll squeeze it in there somehow <laughs> <laughs> and cheerleading huh oh yeah high school cheerleader <laughs> that was a lot of fun again yeah it's just about having fun and i feel like that's what helps me to cope with my loss as well you know i still have mm-hmm. a son noah to take care of and i mm-hmm. want him to live his best life and if he sees mommy happy i'm sure that you know that's going to be a huge reflection for him how'd you meet rick Oh, I met Rick at my cousin's wedding. He actually was a guest at the wedding, and I was the maid of honor. So we met there. It was uh, great. It was a really good time. (laughs) How long have you guys been married? We have been married for, it's going to be 12 years now. Wow. Yeah, he's like my best friend. He's such a great person. I'm really lucky. How did this loss affect him? Because, you know, what, 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 what do we hear about men? Uh, Jenny, oh, they hide their emotions. They put <laughs> things away. They want to be, they don't want nobody to know. We can't let a man cry. We can't let anybody see him cry. From your standpoint, because you know him better than anybody, how did this loss affect him? Well, you know, I met Rick the year that David passed. So oh. David passed away in February, and I met Rick in September. Oh, so okay. Rick met me at my worst. Wow. And when I tell you that he was a gift from above, I think that God knew exactly what I needed at that time to get me through. He has a very, very huge part to play with, with me, you know, coping and getting through this loss. And as you look back, what were some of the key things that he did? He was a great listener, you know. Okay. Um, as I said, you know, I, I always felt like I was there for others to sit down and listen to them and help them cope through certain situations, but I really wasn't taking care of Jenny. And when I met him, he made that a priority to make sure that I was taking care of myself, that Jenny was taken care of, and he was just such a great listener. Until this day, he's amazing. He gives great advice, and he's just very understanding. Jane, let's talk about the uh, New Jersey law enforcement folks who are helping you deliver these toys. It's going to help you deliver these toys for uh, Christmas to these 11 hospitals. How did that relationship become together and how helpful and supportive have they been? They have been amazing. There is no way in this world we would be able to tackle 11 hospitals in one day without their support. I mean, they are with us from beginning to end. And it's uh, New Jersey State Police, my cousin Ray. Cruz has been the person who has spearheaded all of their assistance to come out and support us. Again, my husband with the Perth Amboy Police Department. Um, we live in Woodbridge Township, so it was quite easy to get Woodbridge on board. They have been amazing. And uh, just friends and relatives who just reach out to different police departments that, you know, really, really support us and want to help us. This year, uh, East Brunswick Police Department really came through, and, and they're hosting a huge toy drive at their location. And again, it, it's 
it's really hard to keep track of all the folks that want to assist, but it's a good problem to have, right? <laughs> no question about it. And, more, and, and listen, it needs to be bigger. Yes. It yes. needs to be bigger. So Absolutely. how can people who are listening today who are in the area or maybe who are not in the area, but they want to send you toys or they want to send, uh, you know, money or they want to send towards donation where they send you the money, you buy the toys and deliver yes. them to the hospitals to get more hospitals. How can they reach out to you? Well, again, you can reach us via social media. We have an Instagram, a Facebook, and a Twitter, and that's at David's Touch. You can also email Jenny, that's J-E-N-N-Y, at davidstouch.org. And again, come through, if you can, to our 10th Annual Toy Drive event. That's at Curtin's Restaurant, and this is in Avenel, New Jersey. It's 150 Avenel Street, Avenel, New Jersey, 07001. And if you have any questions, please feel free to give me a call. I'm at 732 9-6-0-6-5-6, and we are there to answer your call at any time of the day. Jenny, where do you see this foundation in the next five years? I see it getting bigger and better, and I'm going to need a lot of help. <laughs> <laughs> so, and getting bigger and better, what are some of your goals? Obviously, more hospitals, but what are some of the other things that, you, that you're looking to do? You know, I'd really like to do a lot in the communities, help out mm. with families, help out um, not only children who obviously are enduring these, um, you know, hard situations, but perhaps we can help a family that, you know, is hoping to go to college but somehow doesn't know how they're going to be able to afford it. Or we can do scholarships in David's name or help the homeless or feed the, you know, the needy. Things of that sort. I really would love to branch out and just, and, and the whole purpose is to pay it forward. Mm-hmm. Pay it forward and give back. Yeah, that, that, that's interesting because you, you're, you're kind of in a unique situation, Jenny, because what you're doing right now is helping so many people. It's great. And then you want to make it bigger and help more people. But then, Jenny, you don't want to make it too big because then you kind of, you know, you kind of, it, it doesn't, it gets away from you and it's not as effective as way it is, the way it is as a smaller. So it's, 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 it's a balancing act, huh? It truly is. They, we have been approached by so many companies or businesses that would love to take this to another level, but your words are exactly what Rick says. Rick says that he does not want to veer away from the purpose, and that's David. That's got to be an, that's got to be a real tough conversation. Jenny, kind of, kind of look, kind of peek us in a little bit to those conversations because on the side, here you have, you've got companies who really want to, on the surface, okay, they're giving you the best pitch they can. Oh, this is great. We want to help you out. We want to do this. And then you're like, okay, we really want them, but, you know, do we really want them? Or will, will you need to uh, make the, the foundation, perhaps, Jenny, a little bigger where you have different layers to the foundation, where you have a toy drive layer, as you're talking about. You have a layer where you're reaching out to families who may be needy with food and shelter. Is that some way that you're thinking about doing that? Where where do you see getting to this bigger uh, goal that you want to have? Those thoughts often come through my mind. You know, I'm always thinking about other ways to help, but it's like you said, it's a balancing act because I don't want to step away from what this mission is. And it's obviously to keep David's memory alive and and to help children. And I don't want to get overwhelmed. You know, if I'm going to do something, I want to do it the right way and be able to manage it properly. So getting, you know, too far ahead of myself, I wouldn't want to make any errors or let anyone down. So, you know, it is, it's truly a balancing act and, and having to be very cautious on how big or how far we can take this foundation. 
Jenny, your letterhead has a hand print, and it says David's touch in the center of it. Why did you decide decide to use that graphic on your letterhead? Take me through that process. The night that David passed, um, I don't know what got into me, but I asked a social worker if we could please have his handprint. And, of course, they obliged and said absolutely. So they uh, gave me a handprint and a footprint, and I kept it in a box and and just had it in my closet. Um, And about a week after his passing, his funeral actually made the headlines on the Home News Tribune. And the headline was, David Touched so many lives. Mm. And mm. when my husband and I were driving back from New York that day, and he said, you know, you can really start something, that was going through my head. I said, well, if I want to start something, I need a logo, what would it be? Without question, he parks the car, I run inside the house, I go into my closet, I get out that purple box, and the first thing that comes out is David's handprint. Mm. And then I had the clipping of the newspaper that said, David touched so many lives. And my husband and I looked at it, and he said, David's touch. And that's how it came about. So that is David's actual handprint. Wow. And that was 2009 when the foundation began. Correct. Unbelievable. And this is the 10th year. And listen, yes. you're doing a great job because a lot of foundations don't last that long, sadly, because of, you know, lack of support. But that's one thing you don't have. One more time, Jenny, let's give us the information. We want to get as many toys as possible to your 10th annual toy drive on December 15th. Please come out and support our cause again December 15th between 6 and 10 p.m. We'll be gathering at Curtin's Bar and Restaurant at 150 Avenel Street in Avenel, New Jersey, 07001. You can get more information by visiting us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at David's Touch or calling 732-896-0656. Jenny, thanks for taking a couple of minutes to um, let us learn about your son, David. And I can honestly say through what you're doing, through how you've described him today, um, he's looking down and he is extremely proud of his mom and what she's been able to do and uh, to make people smile, kids smile the way that you remember his smile. Jenny, continue the success that you're working on. Have a great holiday. And if there's anything we can do to help you publicize whatever you're doing with the foundation, please don't hesitate to ask us. Thank you so much. I know this is a huge help, too. Thank you. That wraps up this edition of New York Sports and Beyond on 98.7 ESPN. We thank you for listening. We'll join you on The Drive later today during the week on ESPN New York Tonight and right back here next Sunday for New York Sports and Beyond. For my incredibly talented producer, Ray Primetime Santiago, I'm Larry Hardesty. The conversation continues with Fantasy Focus and Anita Marks next on 98.7 ESPN New York.